Welcome to Dot 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 the Musical, where each week we take a favorite movie, book, or other story and turn it into a stage musical. I'm Jen. And I'm Haley. And this week we'll be taking a swing at A League of Their Own, the musical. film it was it came out in 1992 which is way earlier than I thought I thought it was more of a like mid-childhood film for me but anyway uh directed by the late Penny Marshall rest in peace um and written by maybe the best named screenwriting duo ever Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel amazing names (laughs) I feel like if we ever have to have pen names for like a writing duo Mm. can those be our pen name yes absolutely (laughs) So the movie starred Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, and Rosie O'Donnell, and a little cameo by Bill Pullman as Gina Davis's soldier husband. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Apparently they made a TV series in 1993, but you haven't heard of it because they only made six episodes, and only five of those were ever broadcast. But I think definitely time for a redo because this would make a great oh, series. Oh, absolutely. Also, I want to see what, the, like, how do I find that? Like, I'm so curious. YouTube? I don't know. I love when it's total tangent, but like things like mm-hmm. that where you're like, despite the capacious knowledge of the internet, there are things like yeah. that that are just lost. Right. But Bananas. I bet that's somewhere. I think it's, yeah, I think it's definitely time for a reboot. Yeah. Anyway. So it's inspired by the All-American Girls Baseball League, which was founded in 1943 to provide entertainment after the majority of Major League Baseball stars went to fight in World War II. It lasted until 1954. There were rumors of a musical in development written by Jason Robert Brown of um, Parade and Bridges of Madison County fame, but that project seems to have died, clearing the way for us. Well, obviously. And most importantly, I believe that we both have a lot of feelings about this movie. Absolutely. I have so many feelings about this movie. I used to watch this movie all of the time, like from probably the ages of like eight to 15 I think I watched this movie like I had the entire movie memorized um I feel like I was also the kid who in like fourth grade was like what are your favorite movies and I was like Blazing Saddles which is a (laughs) deeply inappropriate movie to like when you're like 10 (laughs) and like and like a league of their own and it was like I felt like the most strange that's a good pair that's a good pair Blazing Saddles and a league of their own yeah yeah But for A League of Their Own, I think part of it was, like, uh, softball was my sport, Mm -hmm. um, and there was something about being, like, sports were a big part of my identity when I was younger. Um, I didn't, I basically (laughs) transitioned into theater, like, and just dropped sports altogether when I was 13. Um, But uh, softball was actually, like, a a pretty big part of my life for, for a while, and A League of Their Own was... A movie that like captured that camaraderie in a way that like really spoke to me yeah there's not a lot of sports movies about women yeah right and I feel like Bennett like Beckham was later and like well, I was it's never not really about the team no it's not you're right that's exactly it yeah there was something I think that like, I also really related to this movie because I really related to Kit because I was the youngest and my and I love my brothers and I hope they're listening because I adore them 
and <laughs> they were also very like high very high achieving um siblings and so being the youngest I definitely had a huge chip on my shoulder a lot like it <laughs> and also every home run by the way every home run I hit I hit like three home runs in one season and they were all off high pitches nice. um, because it's the best like that's actually the way that's one of the ways to hit a ball really far is if you're hitting it off a high pitch they're really satisfying because they go further that's amazing. anyway that was a very long random rant so you'll be hired when emotions. this gets made you're gonna get hired as the the like baseball consultant you'll explain <laughs> how to play I mean, baseball I'm- well, I mean, in the deeply sexist world we live in, like, I we played softball. Like, yeah. it, I so I never played – I pitched underhand and, like, I played, you know, with the, the, like, bigger balls, which apparently in the first – actual first series of the All-American Girls Baseball League, um, they still pitch underhand and the ball was more softball size. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah, the rules actually became a lot more like baseball later. Mm. And it, like, evolved over the course of those um, till 1954. It was basically the same game as baseball. But oh, it started, cool. yeah, it started a little more like softball. Wow. See, this is, you're hired. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also played softball for one season. Did My you? team was undefeated. I played right field, which for those oh, of you who never goodness. played baseball may not know that that's where you put the player who sucks when you're a kid because only left-handed hitters hit to right field and when you're eight-year-old girls there are very few left-handed hitters so it's where you put the kid who can't play yeah Uh, and that was me that's delightful I actually I so that's the other thing that I related to with Kit it was I pitched I was a pitcher and I love pitching yeah but I actually left softball because my coach made me cry for making a mistake on the field there's no crying in baseball I know, I know. And so this, this like, my coach yelled at me until I cried, and that's, that's that was my last season. I was like, I'm out. So you did theater, where that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then I got really into MGM musicals. <laughs> and now we're going to join them together in this serendipitous podcast. All right, all right, Haley, what are your feelings about A League of Their Own? How did you come to this movie? Uh, you covered them for me, really. Uh, I have a sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very close in age, and especially at the age when I was first, actually, a babysitter recommended I watch this film. I think because my sister and I were so viciously competitive and like had such a bad relationship at that time. At that time, being like the age of twelve and eight, like it was not <laughs> you know an adult bad relationship. It was a child bad relationship. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think she suggested this movie because she knew I would relate to the like very competitive sister relationship at its heart, which it did. Yeah. And also, you know, cute little skirts, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just all that, all that. Yeah. So would you like to kick us off with some of your thoughts about how to turn this into a musical? All right. So first of all, (laughs) I think it's a little insane to turn the story into a musical. Like I want to. Because yeah. it's one of my favorite films. It's like, it's such a beautiful story. Uh, I think that more stories with an ensemble of women, there should be more of them. There should be more of them on Broadway. There should be more of them in the world. But in terms of like actually adapting this film into a stage musical, I feel like the main challenges are, you know, like baseball. 
baseball. I was literally, I was thinking to myself as I was sort of researching this Jason Robert Brown one, I was like, gosh, why did this project die? And then I started thinking about how to put it on stage. And I was like, oh, it's because of baseball. It's incredibly difficult. Like you think, yeah, I mean, it's so one of the things that I think is so wonderful and glorious about the film is watching these women play baseball incredibly well. Like, yeah, see them being powerful and athletic. And the question is, can you come up with choreography that right satisfyingly stands in for that exactly because I think the natural the natural sort of stand-in for baseball is like to convey something through dance through choreography Mm -hmm. um but like I think that part of the wonder of um seeing the all these women like kick ass at playing baseball is that it is a typically masculine sphere right and like women are inhabiting this typically masculine sphere. However, when you bring it back to dance, dance is actually like typically like a feminine sphere. So like No, I totally how do you I get what you're saying? Yeah. So like how do you convey that same wonder when you're like going back to you know But I on think, the other hand, mm-hmm. I think that you can come up with I mean, you know, dance is quote unquote feminine, but right. there is sort of masculine, athletic, powerful dance styles that mm. women also don't get to do. That's true. And so can you sort of use that to evoke and like have it be, you know, big muscular women right. who are powerful physically yes. in a way that like your average Broadway chorus ingenue isn't right. Because that's not the beauty standard that we cast for, blah blah yeah, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's exactly like kind of the heart of the one of the most difficult <laughs> ways to put this on stage. And I know there are a couple baseball, you know, like Damn Yankees, for instance, is, yeah. you know, is a baseball musical. Um, but they mostly just like dance around with bats. And, like, <laughs> it always reminds me of like stuff like High School Musical, where you're like yeah. watching these guys dance with basketballs and you're like, you've never held a basketball before. <laughs> you never played basketball. Um, no, but it is a question of like, how do you put sports on stage and yeah. have it look sort of comic or campy or right. like you're sort of, it, I just always laugh at sports sequences no, on stage, even absolutely. in, for example, there yeah. is a musical of Bend It Like Beckham yeah, and the soccer sequences are silly. They just right. look a little silly and yeah. it's not anyone's fault. It's just like, they're not playing soccer. They look like people who don't know how to play soccer trying right. to do an approximation of a sport. I think dance is the most natural way to musicalize this and like stand in for those sequences. But how do, how do you make it not look silly? Like, how do you, how do you bring that together? And that's also like one of the biggest visuals and like, and plot points is Dottie holding that ball, right? Like holding the ball um, when she's knocked over as a catcher. And like, that's a visual that you return to until the very end where she, you know, is knocked over and the ball. She drops. She drops it intentionally, not intentionally. However you read that moment. Um, But like, that's such a, like a visual and close up moment that you absolutely cannot do on stage. So like, how do you translate that? And is there an announcer? Like, is there, is that? Or is it a different moment? Yeah, that's exactly it. actually, taps into a one of my big questions about the story is mm-hmm. that the film is super episodic and disjointed to an yes. extent that I really didn't notice before until yeah. I was watching it this time through mm-hmm. and there really are I which is part of why I was like this would make a great tv series because there's like the, <laughs> we gotta save the league episode and the, like yep. someone's husband died episode and they're all just like really 
there's so little kind of emotional continuity from things that happen. Like yeah. Kit leaves the team and no one seems to care. Right. It right. just happens and it doesn't matter really. I mean, it matters kind of for Dottie, but like really they just sort of continue on. Right. Anyway. Um, and oh, well, so they don't I spend was... time on like the potential for the emotional fallout for that. It's just like. Yeah. I, or we're, we're for anything. Forward. Yes. Absolutely. Particularly. Yeah. And so that got me thinking that if I'm going to make this into a musical, I want to really strengthen the character arcs and definitely really build in something stronger and more cohesive as a kind of story that shapes the entire play rather than these sort of episodes. And the question it came down to for me is, is this a story about baseball and women finding some kind of liberation through baseball or is it about Kit and Dottie? Ooh. And so then I think, and then the question is, if it's about Kit and Dottie, what actually is their conflict? And that sort of dictates what that last moment is. Yeah. But I can get into that or I could let you no, actually talk I know. for a second. I want you, no, I want you to get into it because I I have feelings about this, but I want to hear your feelings first. I mean, and I guess it's – I gave away my hand when we had our feelings sesh a minute yeah. ago because for me it's about Kit and Dottie. And I think that's the thing that makes this – that's – they're the iconic characters – there, that's the relationship that like has something really lovely and interesting, and makes it more than just a like. And then they all were empowered by the baseball. Well, right, and I think that I would go as far to say the other story would just not be as interesting in musical form. Like, yeah, in my right, I I would say that like diving into a specific story like this and a specific relationship like this is much more what I look for in a musical and like where a musical like lends itself. Right. Cause those are the kind of emotions that songs spring from. Absolutely. Rather than a sort of series of vignettes about like, I was a taxi dancer and then I'm playing right. baseball now. Here's my song about it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think that all of the ensemble characters add a lot of color and can continue to add color and complexity. And also just like in representing a lot of different types of feminine femininity and strength like all about yeah and they also I was thinking they lend themselves so well to like a really classic musical theater structure in that like you've got the sort of side comic characters who can have these like side comic songs in a way that I think doesn't happen as often in musicals now because we're sort of more focused on our central characters Mm -hmm. but like you know Lois no Doris and but Doris May. and May are like obviously have a, some duet, you know, oh, definitely. comedy duet. <laughs> yeah. But I think that like if it is about Kit and Dottie, then yeah. we really need to what is the emotional arc there? Yeah. What are they in conflict over? I was like thinking about this and thinking about this as I was watching, especially because Dottie's thing throughout is like, I don't care about this. It doesn't matter right. to me. Uh. And it's insane to have that be your central character is someone who like doesn't particularly care. Right. And that may, and that there even is a question of, did she drop the ball on purpose? It's just yeah. like, what? And so <laughs> thinking about it to me, I was like, I think the tension has to become between Dottie for whom everything is effortless always and always mm-hmm. has been yes. suddenly realizing how much she cares yeah. And the reason she keeps trying to get to quit is because she is frightened of having to fight for something and of wanting something that she might not get for the first time. Ooh. And then you have Kit who is so used to desperately wanting things and never ever getting them. Right. And that I think that has to be the friction and then the ending yeah. becomes sort of Dottie realizing like I want this. Yes. And not getting it. And Ooh. Kit finally getting to win. Oh, I And then I, like I think that. that can feed into her deciding to leave the game is her saying, like, you know what? I'm going to let you have this one thing. Yeah. Like, 
we won't, we can't, we don't have to compete over this. You can have it. Yeah. Oh, that's a much more satisfying arc. I was like, I, cause I was like looking at, I was having the same struggles of like looking at Dottie and being like, what are you really thinking? Like, what do what, you want? What do you want? Like, what are you thinking? Like, I see you, you are so intelligent. You clearly, what, I'm, I'm on Jimmy's side. I'm like, you clearly yeah. love this game. Like you, this right. is like in but- your blood. Right. And that was a scene, though, that made me realize that is when she's starting to leave with her husband. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Bill, but I think I'm just thinking of Bill Pullman. I think Pullman. his name is Bob. <laughs> Bob. What's the difference? He doesn't matter. What's, his, what's, um, what's Bill Pullman's character in, uh, in Newsies? Because I just kind of want to call him that. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. Why does he always play that guy? He's just like, who are you? Um, anyway, he's like Jimmy's like what are you doing and the line she says is it just got hard and that was when it clicked for me I was like oh my god she's never had to struggle for anything in her entire life because she was always the prettiest smartest most talented girl in her tiny little you know Oregon (laughs) when I I realized that the beginning was in Oregon I was like oh man Haley (laughs) yeah that was I should have said that's the reason I have feelings about it is because it they're from Oregon like me just like you yeah, I like that's because I I was sitting there like, what is Dottie gonna sing about? I don't know what she wants. Like I yeah. like, what is she? What is it that she wants? Is that I I can tell that she wants to have a better relationship with Kit. Like I feel like she she does love Kit. Like yeah. and is just kind of like stymied on how to show it. Yeah. Well, and also she can't do anything about Kit's resentment because absolutely she is just effortlessly great right and that's and that's also who she is so it's just like kit is pissed because like and understandably so but just because like Dottie is who she is and like mm-hmm. how do you what is that what is that yeah <laughs> and how yeah. is that and a that satisfying that... arc for a musical yeah and that was yeah and it was that line that really made it click into shape for me and I don't think this is what the movie does no but I think this is what a musical could do yeah is she's someone who isn't used to things isn't used to having to fight for anything right and is sort of frightened of how much she realizes she wants it and I think then in the ending because there's the big moment at the end right where she tells the pitcher you know the highballs she yes you know she can't leave him alone she can't hit him she can't leave him alone yeah I think that has to be a moment of decision of like am I going to actively try and beat her for the first time yes absolutely well and that's what I was like so this was I think growing up I assumed that she dropped that ball on purpose. Like I, that Mm. was, I was like, I read this, she dropped the ball on purpose for her sister. And like watching it this time, I felt a lot more ambiguous about it because of that line. She can't lay off the high ones and she can't hit them where she's like clearly trying to intentionally win. Um, Yeah. That moment was so ambiguous for me that this time watching it where I was like, wait, wait. And that's why I almost wonder on stage, could you change it from her dropping it to maybe, you know, Kit's running, she's reaching, who's going to get it first? Yeah. And then Kit just hits the base before she gets the ball. Ooh, yeah. I think that that would be a better moment. I think it'd be a stronger moment because I think it'd be... Because then then Dottie actually has character development. And like... Yeah, she realizes she wants... Yeah, that she is afraid of losing. Right. And then she does and then she can... But then it's also a decision of like, okay, she loses... I think what I'm trying to say is when her development is like, okay, I'm going to fight for this thing, even if I'm going to lose. And then she ultimately loses. It has to be a choice for her of like, am I going to step away from this thing because I lost? Or am I going to step away from this thing because I want to give this thing to my sister? Right. Right. And then maybe it comes back to that moment of, I decided 
to try and use my closeness to her to beat her. Right. And I don't want to be that person. Ooh. Like, I don't want to win. Mm-hmm. I don't like that part of me. Right. And I'm going to let her have this because I don't want this to become the thing that tears us apart. Ooh. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I think that, that I think that that's right. Like, I think that that's yeah. right. Yeah. I think she chooses Kit over. Yeah. Baseball. I think she, I, yeah, I think she has to, but I also want her to choose baseball at some point, <laughs> which is know, exactly what this but... happened, which is exactly, I think, what this version does. She does end up mm-hmm. choosing baseball, but then yeah. she, but then she flips, right? Like, yeah, and that's she chooses, okay. Right, in the moment of talking to the pitcher, she chooses baseball and then she realizes, mm-hmm. wait, I'm not ready to make that sacrifice. I'm not ready to lose Kit. I'm happy to see her win. Yes. And she, but she also has to overcome running away from baseball because of fear. Because that's, yeah. the, that's the choice. It's like, I come I back, so. I face my fear, and then my choice not to do baseball isn't out of fear. It's out of, like, love of my sister and out of not being this person. Yeah. Yeah, not wanting to be someone who will sacrifice everything just to win. Right, exactly. And who has to always win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who could be someone who's okay with losing and say, I lost the game and I'm losing baseball. Right. I think that that's what Dottie must be afraid of even though she would never like in the movie she would like, never say that she would never say she's no. competitive she would never say and that they don't she really cares. bring it out no they don't but she's the one who like managed the, the team like she manages yeah. the team before jimmy does anything right like yeah. she's the one and there's that scene in the beginning where kit's like can't you let me walk faster and she's like yeah yeah walk faster i don't care and then they end up <laughs> racing because like no she can't no, let her course. just win yeah she has to win right But it's always been easy, so she doesn't think of winning as something you have to fight for. She thinks of winning as something that just happens to her. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of Kit's arc... Well, this is a question I had, is once she gets traded to the other team, which the timing of that makes no sense. They're one game before the playoffs, and they give away their pitcher. Well, they uh, presumably they had to trade between, like, Kit must have been traded for another... Yeah, but who came into the team? I know. Kit must have been traded for another pitcher, right? Like, Yeah, surely. Do we follow her to Racine at all? Or does mm. she sort of disappear and come back self-actualized? Is yeah. there any sort of acknowledgement? And then I, I was really aware this time watching of the sort of like even less than tertiary unnamed Racine catcher. Yeah. Who sort of has all these funny lines. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, maybe that's a person who could become a character even just for the space of a single song right. to like build a sense of like, Kit's in a different kit's on a new team and actually being away from Dottie is gonna be good for her. Yeah. This is a team where she can sort of be herself and then we have like maybe one song and then she's gone or something. Right. Or do we see them, you know, do we flip back and forth? Do we add an entire subplot? For some reason I'm inclined to use the movie structure of having her be like a little removed. Like I yeah. think because I think it allows for she has to come back. She has to come back. Oh, she absolutely has to come back. But I think that like... Oh, no, I'm saying that that's what I meant is she has to go away so she can come yes, back. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. And because like by virtue of even just like the musical structure, she her character does exist in relation to Dottie, mm-hmm. in relief of Dottie. And like I yeah. think just taking her out of the narrative completely for that that for a little bit or out of the spotlight for, for a little bit allows her to come back and be different in a way yeah. that's, like, not in relation to... Well, I mean, is, but isn't in relationship to Dottie. Speaking... I agree. Speaking of her relationship to Dottie, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the framing device? Uh, I would... I So, 
Oh, mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> I would completely cut it for the musical. There's nothing. I don't understand. I don't... Why do you think it existed? You know, I think it... I think it existed because that's how Penny Marshall found this story. Like she found the story uh... by going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I believe that's gotcha. how she found the story. I think that it exists as like a lens for us to be introduced to a piece of history that maybe we had no idea about. Yeah, um, that was my thinking as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need to show that this has a legacy and yes. it's important because yes. otherwise people might be like, why are we selling this story? And I don't think we need that now. I, think I don't we think are we need that now. Sufficiently inclined, I mean, both because of the film right. and just changes in how we think about women in history, we're Definitely. already inclined to recognize why this is important. Definitely. And I felt like the, that the conflict between Kit and Dottie felt superficial later yeah it was already resolved it was already resolved yeah exactly and then it came back and 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 it just made me like sad honestly I was just like every time I watch it actually it does make me sad what sort of (laughs) introduces this weird idea that doesn't get developed and I think it would have to be a totally different story to develop it of Dottie has this line that she's like it it was just a thing I did once yeah and you sort of see all these women who like they didn't become baseball players. It truly right. was just a thing they, they did, did once. once. Yeah. And that is interesting and really melancholy and lovely in a certain way, but that's not what the story is about. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Like, I think you have to start. I think that we completely cut the framing device and you start in Oregon. Like, yeah, I think. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think you start in Oregon. There can be a great um, program note about the real history. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and all of that right. but I I think that I also just think that it would be an unnecessary use of stage time when you already there's so much that you can cover right yeah. I actually kind of love Dottie and Jimmy's relationship and I think that would be really interesting and like Jimmy's character development is something I think that would be interesting too yeah I was really surprised how sort of skeletal his arc and their relationship yeah. was I feel like in my head it's much more prominent yeah and like it's actually yeah, it, it's yeah. not, but it's, I think that it's like gestured at, which is why it kind of exists in like a bigger, as a, a media relationship in both of our brains. And can we agree right now mm-hmm. that we will not turn it into a love triangle? Oh, absolutely not. and her husband. Oh, no, definitely. That would be, ugh, no. I like that's part of what's so amazing about it is that yes. he, it's purely. It's purely like, platonic. His, yeah, respect for her as an athlete grows. Oh, definitely. Yes, I love it. And, like, I love that. And I also actually – okay, so then this is the classic thing that we're going to keep returning to in this podcast. But what do you do about a classic line like, there's no crying in baseball? Answer, yes. do not turn it into a song. <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> I literally, yeah, I but, had that note as well. Yeah, but I think I, I think watching it this time I was struck by the the idea of Jimmy coming to understand that there are different strengths in femininity that don't have to be masculine strengths that like a feminine strength can still be masculine and like yeah and also the idea that like just because your managers made you cry doesn't yeah. mean that's good. Right. Like it, yes. that you can learn more positive ways of working and the ideas that you've inherited maybe aren't the, yes. the way the game is played. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I, f- I, I don't, I think that there's, I, I'm not sure that there's a way to like not use that line. And at some point, maybe you just have to accept it and be like, people are going to applaud and yeah. laugh at this and we're line. Just gonna and like, it just is it. what it is. Yeah. We're just going to, it's fine. We're just going to put it at the end of a scene. Yep. And we're just going to get through that. Speaking of things you sometimes have to just get through. 
<laughs> is it perhaps time for intermission? Oh, man. It can be time for intermission. How on mm-hmm. earth would you structure – what would be intermission for you? What, what what did you what did you put as an act break, or did you? Oh, I because did because I, I majorly forgot. struggling. I mean, I guess – oh, that's so hard. I mean, Isn't if it's not hard? too long, I guess it has to be Kit getting traded. Well, so that's exactly what I was thinking, but then I – but that's – there's so much – so much but i think that, that yeah. that's what it has to be like i have i, I think, think that is what it has to be. to be and then kit's kind of gone for the first half of the second act and yeah. the second half of the second act is the world series and maybe yes. you add in some sort of emotional beats because in the movie it's a right. montage the first yeah. six games yeah and also maybe do something about the idea i just can't get over when Dottie tries to leave and you're like it's a it's the world series <laughs> a like you're gonna do that to the team b it's maximum seven games just play the seven games and <laughs> then go home so that was, maybe yep. her if that becomes sort of part of the arc of the second act is like yeah. she tries to leave earlier right and there's maybe a different conflict right before the world series yeah i think that that i i had such a difficult time suspending my disbelief of just being like but why but why, why are yeah. you leaving Bob just got here. He can watch you play six games of baseball, seven, like seven games of baseball max. Presumably, maximum. He, he used to watch you play baseball back when you were in Oregon. Like, it's just so dumb. And like, also think about the team. Like, I thought you cared about the other girls. Right? Like, don't you care that this will be really devastating and like right and undermining it, for and them? Is it? I don't want. Like, I already got Kit traded, and now I don't want to play against her because that's the other team that's going to be in the World Series. I think that has to be what it becomes. Yeah. Is that there's a con- they realize that. They get into the World Series and they realize that, oh my gosh, we're playing Racine. Right. I'm going to have to play Kit. I mean, does her husband even come back? Do we need him to come back? That never felt like a good motivation for why she did anything. I mean, it feels like the right excuse. Like, it feels like the right excuse for her to use. It yeah, feels like, but could we make it more transparently an yeah. excuse then? I think that, I think we should make it more transparently an excuse. Like, I think there's also that emotional beat where, like, Betty gets the gets the telegram the most ineptly delivered telegram in oh my history. god yeah oh 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 god um yep the most ineptly delivered telegram in the history of uh the war office um <laughs> and that's that like the, that's the song title <laughs> and that sort of like in intensely emotional scene that also like really places us in the time that kind of sweeping into that other aspect of emotion that Dottie is sort of dealing with and like having Bob come back. Um, See, I don't like them being back to back. It feels, mm. it's one of the moments that feels so contrived to me. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Oh, she gets a telegram that day and then her husband's back that night. Like I, right. I want there to be almost more, but I get what you're more saying space. about. Yeah. But I think that's also why it does seem like she's actually leaving because of Bob, because right. she's in this mental state and then he's there and it's a miracle. It's yeah. like, I think both those things can exist, but I sort of want more dif- distance between them. I agree. I think that there should be distance between them. I'm into having the emotional kind of pull of the time, but like I think that it's better to have a beat between them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that like seems like a perfect moment for her and Jimmy to have some kind of heart to heart or you know a character yeah. development moment. Absolutely. All right, we're starting intermission late because that's, uh, I mean, I would imagine that interm- it would be a very long first act anyway. Um, and a very short second act, yeah, in that <laughs> classical 40s musical theater style. Yeah, absolutely. 
my intermission cocktail is going to be the dirt in the skirt. Um, it is a <laughs> it is a take on a drink called the Suffering Bastard, which was invented. <laughs> Which was invented in the 1940s, supposedly as a hangover remedy. And something about, like, that title and the fact that it was supposed to be a hangover remedy just, like, feels kind of perfect in this sphere. Because I think that there's... <laughs> One of the things I really like about the makeup of the film is they don't shy away from the fact that, like, they're they're playing a sport and they have injuries and they're playing with giant bruises and broken... Yeah. <laughs> like, those skirts don't really protect you from when you're sliding into a base. And so um, having something a little more bourbon-based and and a little bitter, a little sweet is, like, perfect for our intermission cocktail. So we have – it's one ounce bourbon, one ounce gin, one ounce fresh lime juice, a dash Mm -hmm. of uh, Angostura bitters. I never know if I'm saying that word right. I never really heard that word said out loud. And uh, four ounces of ginger ale. And that nice. is our intermission cocktail. Boop a doop a doop a doop. Unwrap your hard candies now and let's get to our second act. Amazing. So speaking of the short skirts, yeah. I would like to use that as a lead in mm-hmm. to a question that I have. Um, which is there is this amazing article uh that I read a couple months ago. Um Brittany de la Cretaz, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I said that wrong, uh, basically talking about how a lot of the sort of appearance-based regulations that, you know, they kind of make fun of in the movie, they wear these short skirts, they have to bob their hair, they have to wear lipstick, mm-hmm. they have to go to finishing school, were to make the players not seem like lesbians. Um, Whoa. And a lot of them were, and that was sort of something that they were actively anxious about, and it sort of feeds into a question I have about, like, wh- how, how can we find more diversity in this story in yeah, a lot of ways? absolutely. Including race. I mean, that's another thing is that, you know, there's that scene where the um, the black woman throws the ball back to Dottie. Yeah, as an acknowledgement. rolls out and she catches it. No, go for it. Oh, just, like, an acknowledgement that, like, this is a, a story about white women. That, like, yeah. and, like, this isn't yay feminism for everyone. This is, like, yay right. feminism white for this feminism. very, yeah, white feminism for this Literally. very specific story. And apparently she was meant to represent an actual woman named Mamie Johnson who played in the Negro Leagues, as they were called, um, in the 50s and oh. um, tried out for the all-american girls baseball league and didn't get in and apparently black women did try out it wasn't like an officially segregated league um but no black players ever got picked and so it raises the question of like that that is there and that's present is it enough to sort of have these side characters who are like we're all white uh whoops bye or do you sort of you know say this is a musical we don't care we'll we'll cast it diversely and just sort of you know the yeah controversy about like colorblind versus color conscious do we just sort of yeah have yeah. diverse casting and no, talk absolutely. about it or do we say this is an imaginary alternate universe where a black woman did get picked for a team she's right. on their team we're going to acknowledge her race and that is going to be part of the story in an explicit way yeah i think these are all important questions and questions that i feel anyone working on a musical today should be asking all the time yeah always I, the one I can answer is that clearly May and Doris are lesbians. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's. That, that, that is just like explicitly. We should easy yes on that. Like, yeah, absolutely. That is just let us let us bring all of the beautiful lesbian relationships into the story. Yeah, bring I mean, I guess all. probably May is bisexual, but you know, they're a couple. Clearly, yeah, let's just uh, yes, absolutely. Let's have that. Let's just canon now. Like, yeah. 
Just, yeah, getting that out there. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think that I want to err on the side of hiring non-white. Like, from an economical standpoint, I and from a, a um, semiotic standpoint, I want to hire diverse groups of women to be in yeah. this show. Like, I want it to be I want to see women of all shapes colors sizes sexual orientations like on stage I want it yeah like I, I yeah. want it but and I think that's something that a musical particularly allows you to do because it's already not realistic because we're yes. already singing songs so yeah in exactly. the world of sort of we don't have to yeah I just want to necessarily do that I think that the virtue of hiring people and like showing that on stage is more in to me is more important than like telling the story about white women like I don't know like oh yeah or even it's I think it's even more important to me than making a point that like this this story is about uh like this is a story about white women and like and others were excluded from this story right right yeah and that's what I mean when I'm saying I guess yeah that it's a musical already it's already not realistic like so why I think you're allowed to sort of say there are formats where we can tell that story yes. that demand realism, like film. Mm-hmm. And this is a musical, and we have sort of the license to not do that. So, yeah, let's just let's, not do it. Yeah, yeah, not do it and not have it be that there's like one token woman of color and everyone else is white. Yeah, definitely agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Could not agree more. Similarly, speaking of sort of women of all sizes, et cetera, mm-hmm. shapes. So many jokes about Marla being ugly. Uh, so unfortunate. Uh, so unfortunate. Did not remember that at all. So unfortunate. There's a million of them. <laughs> and then her arc becomes, oh, through baseball, she finds a man. <laughs> like, what? It's terrible. I know. And then she's like, see you next season. I'm like, wait, no, why don't you just come back? Like, go on your honeymoon yeah, no, and come we, back. Marla, Marla, we're getting rid of that arc. Marla's in the World Series. Yeah, please. Come on. Marla, be in the World like, Series. Yeah. We can't. I mean, it, it, Marla's great. Yeah. I love Marla. I think Marla's amazing. I want more of Marla. <laughs> like, yeah. I want her. And this is, I was like, what if I want her to have just a totally different arc? And like, what yeah. if the nightclub number, you know, when she's like singing that weird drunk solo to the guy and everyone's <laughs> laughing at her? Like, what if it's actually this like amazing triumphant moment where she just like takes the stage with like all the confidence? Yes. That, like, playing baseball professionally has given yes. her. Yes. And, and she just like, like owns yes. it. Hell yeah. yeah. I want that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. I, yes. And she's in the World Series. Definitely. I, she has to be in the World Series. Like, what the hell? Ha- like, Ugh. that was, <laughs> I'm over it. Okay. In terms of music style, uh, yeah. I can't help but want this and to be big band. Like, I can't help it. Yeah. I want it. I think it, I want it as well to be, like, classic musical theater yeah. style. I just... I think that I I just want I want this to be firmly in its time. I mm-hmm. think that that's part of the story, and like I think a great way to place this firmly in the time is to to have that musical style and to have that big band style and to yeah. and to have swing dancing as part of yeah. it. Yeah, and I think then where you can maybe get a little bit anachronistic is in some of the choreography. Yes, where if like the baseball scenes are in this really modern muscular athletic style yeah that would be like a really fun contrast yes. to the like kind of classic structure absolutely i i absolutely agree 
I also think that in terms, because I was, I, I was, while I was trying to think of um, places for dance that weren't necessarily just um, the dance. <laughs> places for dance that weren't just baseball choreography like i was like are all of our number are all of our dance numbers just going to be baseball games um clearly there's the beauty school number when they all have to get their makeovers (laughs) i was like watching that i'm like this is a song Uh, that has to be a song it's it just i mean the nice okay the thing about a lot of the montages is that those montages and that kind of thing could lend itself to could lend itself to song and dance numbers i think that um what I want out of I want there to be a couple dance numbers that are purely out of joy. I think the dance can function in a few ways. I think the dance and choreography has to function for the baseball games because mm-hmm. I just truly don't know else what, what else you would do. Um, no. I think that dance can function as, as transitions and like mm-hmm. and moving time forward in a montage way. Yeah. But yeah. I also think that there is a lot of joy here and I think that like having dance doesn't only need to be in joyous moments but I think that having a couple moments of joyful dance using that very classic quote-unquote rule or guideline like when emotions are too great you sing and when emotions get like even greater than that you dance right and like I think I think that would be like having that joy in a couple places and something that I want yeah and that actually makes me think of a when I was thinking about difficulties. There's yes. all these scenes on the bus, and sort of oh. the iconic setting is like the nighttime bus ride. Yes. And there is something that's so sort of moody and atmospheric and lovely mm-hmm. about the bus at night. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, how can we instead establish the house they all live in as the hub? Ooh, and yes. sort of mm-hmm. have it be more about the community that they build in that setting. And I mm-hmm. think while the sort of nighttime bus is very quiet and moody, I think the house is a setting that could lend itself exactly to that sort of sense of joy and community and be a much more sort of lively setting. Yeah. I dig that. Um, I love the bus, but it's cars. It's cars. It's just cars on stage. So bad. Cars on stage are, are rough. Do we all, do we still maintain like where, where is there a place for Ira Lowen scene and trying to keep the league alive? Do we just make that a background thing? Do we get rid of it altogether? Like, is I mean, it... the thing is, if we get rid of it altogether, there's no conflict. You're right. Except for the games. Oh, right. So Ira has to be there. He has to be yeah. like having. And I think that that's that. a sort of nice phase one conflict yes. sort of before the kit and Dottie thing takes over is, I mean, and this is the question of that I still sort of have is like, what does baseball mean to these characters? And can we make it more of a decision to say, we're going to, you know, do the splits and give a kiss for a foul and like all these things that mean to a certain extent taking the game less seriously. Right. I love like the contrast between when they all show up for the tryouts and they're all in pants and then they have to put on these skirts. It's like, and they're mad about the skirts, but then everyone's sort of on board quickly. It's like, can it be a choice to say, okay, if this is what it takes to get Mm -hmm. to play, then we're going to make this choice and we're going to, you know, I'm just picturing a number of like, yeah, okay, we're going to save the I want league. that number. Yeah. I'm going to do the splits and that'll, you know, yes. you know, that's like how it begins and that like kicks off a song. Yeah. That kicks off a great, I mean, that's also, I want to see that on stage. Like I want to see yeah. people doing really cool uh, baseball things on stage like that. Yeah. That's the, the saving the league number. Yeah. I like the saving the league number. Okay. Okay. Can we cut Stillwell Angel forever? Yes. Stillwell yeah. Angel needs to not exist. In the- You're gonna lose. Um, yeah, he's the worst. I mean, I love 
there's something I love about this, his existence thematically and that yes. like, she's a mother and her husband's uh, clearly a deadbeat yeah. and won't look after their kid for a weekend. Right. I love the sort of tension and pressure that he brings. Do we have to see him for that to happen? Maybe <laughs> not. So maybe it's just like dispatches from the locker room where they're like, you know, hey, yeah. come here, still well ate of shoe. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he ate a shoe. He ate a baseball. <laughs> um, can we talk for a second about how Jimmy is such a not Tom Hanks role. Like, that was clearly before he, like, was Tom Hanks, America's dad. Yeah. Like, no, I, I was I was thinking that, too. I kind of, I love it. I love it, too. <laughs> love and it also, lot. I was thinking, there's literally no one but Norbert Leo Butts could play that it's part. It's true. Right? I just, like, I don't, I can't imagine any anyone else playing that part. I mean, like, I feel like Brian Darcy James could also play that part as, but not as I. But the first person who but I then want. again, we're sort of aging him up, aren't we? Because the whole idea is that he could, in theory, still be playing baseball. Yeah, but then again, people play baseball <laughs> into their like Jeremy 40s. Jeremy Jordan as Jimmy Dugan. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, I veto that. Well, I'm just thinking in if- terms of like who's young. Like who? He's the only one. Who can we recruit from the Newsies cast? Just graduate them all. Just graduate right the up, and then David will play Ira Lowenstein. <laughs> It'll be great. Is it? Is it in the text that David and Les are Jewish, or is that just like my head canon? I think that's your head canon. Oh, they are. <laughs> I mean, that is Jimmy is really interesting, and it yeah. is like you don't want the sort of gravity of the story. I mean, this is this is really actually a really interesting question for me. Yes. Is like how do you build in a subplot that doesn't sort of suck? in all the energy and I guess in some ways I guess in some ways this solves our problem actually right that when Kit goes the Jimmy subplot kicks in yeah I agree I think that that's how it has to be you have to start you start with Kit and Dottie and establishing their relationship then like and obviously it's gonna put given the conflict like Dottie acting as manager is only gonna make Kit's frustration with her worse Absolutely. so it makes sense that like that's the period in which their relationship comes to a head yeah and it's like you know it starts with that and then it's the the question of the league it's developing their thing kit leaving and then jimmy and Dottie's relationship like in the second half yeah and it makes sense for kit to leave earlier in the season as yeah. we were saying yeah. why one game before the world series would you be trading pitchers <laughs> yeah that would be that's that's ridiculous all right. Well, I have one final question, Haley. I'm ready. Are we going to close out this podcast by singing this song? Absolutely not. <laughs> but do you know it? Do you have it memorized? I'm not saying that I can't sing it. I'm saying I won't sing it. Come on, Haley. Come on. No. Do you know? It was the real song. It was. It, I do know that. It was that. actually from the time. I knew you'd know that. But I think that you'd also want to get the rights and include that in. The, oh, of the course. Yeah, you just, have to. It's just, it's so perfect. It's um, so cute. It's so, it's so cute. I love that song. All right. Yeah. Well, that's it for A League of Their Own, the musical. I'm Jen. And I'm Haley. And join us next time as we turn to the overlooked classic of the Disney canon. Oh, that's right. It is Hercules, the musical. Hey everybody, Jen here. 
If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, tell your friends, rate and view us on iTunes. And if you want to continue the conversation or have suggestions for anything you'd like to see turned into a musical, send us an email at themusical.podcast at gmail.com. Also, as always, a special thanks to Jen Lin for our intro and outro music. See you next time.